What's up, y'all? And it is another edition of the Trillionary Podcast, and I am your lovely, beautiful, uh, wonderfully made host, Kenzie. And uh, this week has been a little uh, trash, and most of you know why. Um, I mean, we've it's been a hundred. Oh, is it has it been like a hundred and sixty something days since uh Brianna Taylor was killed? And finally we have their ruling for whatever. And I just wanna say to everybody out there again, Cheeto and Cheeto and Chief has his people in place. Um, the fact that he even considered this a-hole, um, can we show his, I should have uh, black and whited this damn picture cause to show his ashy ass because he is the epitome of ashy nigga. Um, I, also, I, I use this picture to, hey, not everybody, even though they're skinfolk, they don't, that don't mean that you're kinfolk. But apparently he's engaged or married to Mitch McConnell's niece, which I think is interestingly tied together. But, you know, like that's how those kinds of families roll. And I'm not surprised that he betrayed his own people. Um, I mean, he brought up Brianna in the RNC, his speech for that. Um, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't know what I I didn't expect. I hate to say that, but I didn't expect much to happen. Like we've seen it play out like this so many times. Um, I knew her family was going to get a settlement. They always do that. Uh, but I do under also understand that no matter how much money they give, it can't bring back your loved one. Um, I also heard a rumor that the family also signed the NDA. I don't know how true that is, but um. I don't know, y'all. Again, like I said, I'm not surprised. And then, like, this stupid ass, uh, what what is the name? Wanton? Wanton? Uh, I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. A person is guilty of wanton endangerment in the first degree when under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to the value of human life. He wants only engages in conduct which creates a substantial danger or death of serious physical injury to another person. This was implemented in like 1975. And as we know, the walls to the apartment that were adjacent to Brianna, where other hueless people live, were in more danger than Brianna was, Um, or even her boyfriend. Um, the details of the case are very gross. I hate it. I just, I hate it. And then, you know, I mean, it's hard. Black, black women, I hope you guys take care of yourselves because it's, it's just one thing after another. And then, um, we have fuckface Tory Lanez who decided to pop the fuck up. Like, nobody asked for you. Nobody sent for you. Like, go back to wherever you were. But if you ever see his goddamn song come across your goddamn streaming service, yeah, block it. Like, 
don't play it. I see Spotify offers that option. Well, you don't have to play this. Give him a thumbs down. Dislike his shit. Boy, fuck you. Uh, like the goddamn audacity. And then to see people say like the shit jams. I'm sorry. Tory Lanez has never been on my top five, top ten, nothing. Um... I don't think he, I think he's mediocre at best, which I mean, a, a lot of people out here are mediocre, but he's not, I mean, I'm not, mm, just the niggas who out here like champion him all because you hate women, better yet black, just, just say it, just say it and keep it pushing. It's just disgusting. Cause I'm like, okay, so we need to know. You know, Tori said this, Tori said that. And then he wants to say, like, he likes Kylie. Have we forgotten what Kylie looks like? used to look like? I haven't. And that was back when I used to watch the show in 2008 when Chloe was OJ's daughter. But, like, come on now. She's not all that. And it's just interesting to me that niggas like to drag black women for getting BBLs but uplift Kylie when we know that she has had a, a legit 360. Yes, like old Kylie. Like I, that's the Kylie I remember on the goddamn show. Yeah, like but y'all drag but y'all drag black women for getting BBLs. I don't get it. Everybody want to be a nigga, but when it's time to be a nigga, ain't they, everybody quiet. <sighs> but, Meg, I love you, and uh, you still deserve all the protection, all the love that you can receive. I just feel like Tory Lanez is a biatch because he wasted you graced the cover of, of a magazine, and now he wants to come out and say stuff. Like, why you mad? You mad because she still glow, had a glow up even with even after what you did to her, which now he's speculating that oh now everybody's like oh what if Meg's not Meg what if Meg was lying what if this and what if that so we need to hear the other side of everybody's story like notorious kill like we need to ask the dude who killed Nipsey like what was your motive like do y'all want to hear that. I mean, it, and sometimes it might be quite interesting. But if you was even in in Calabasas, like, why the hell did you even have a gun? You had a gun going in a Kardashian house? I don't get it. I know it's so many hands in this. I'm just over it. Meg, I love you, and I always would cheer you on. Also, speaking of heavy shit, go ahead and get this out the way. To a certain person, please stop calling my phone. Um, God forbid, but honestly, y'all, like, if anything happened to me, you know who did it. I hate to say that, too, but it is what it is because it seems like niggas can't handle rejection very well. I've seen it multiple times. I see it every day of, like, murder-suicides or, um, mm, maybe not even murder-suicides, but, you know, seeing niggas, like, take out the whole goddamn family because the woman that he can't be with decided to move on. And if nobody can have, if he can't have her, nobody else can. We've seen it a lot. It is what it is. Just putting that out there. Just so y'all know. Um, I wanted to talk about bad dates. <laughs> 
Uh, in reference to this episode of Lovecraft Country, um, I have had my fair share of bad dates. However, I've never been catfished. I know a lot of people have been catfished. I've never been catfished. And I would say, like, I was probably a serial internet dater for a while. And, um... Yeah, I've never been catfished before. I wonder if they ever felt like I would. No, because my pictures are real. I don't alter. I don't even filter my pictures because I don't know. I don't like how filters, no shade to anybody that does filter. I'm just saying. I don't I, I don't know. I just feel like that's an extra step that I got to take and I don't want to do it. So it's just like, mm, okay, we'll just zoom out a little bit because I don't like this on my face or whatever. But that's it. And, um, yeah, um. I the most interesting date that I probably did have well well it was exhilarating for me um if you know that I do have a truck and in the parking lot he tried to come at me real sideways and I just remember standing on the side of my truck like yelling like you ain't gonna do nothing and who is you talking to I am not who you think you know like I did it had that kind of effect and i just remember being in a parking lot because he he got so upset he got in his car and he like skirt skirt sped off but i honestly think this grown man at the time i probably was like 27 and this grown man asked me did i want to go back to his apartment and cuddle and i was like no um and then he was late to the date as well and then as i was talking to him i found out that he lives like down the street Really? That's what we're doing? But, you know, I was a food digger, and I'm still a food digger. So, I mean, I was here for the meal. You know what I'm saying? And if you buy me a meal, I'll do my damnedest to make sure that it's a happy plate at the end. Um, I also had another bad day with a guy. He was a rapper. I kept running into those. I kept running into rappers. I don't know. I'm a creative spirit myself, but I just know more rappers. I don't want it. And this guy, he would, like, ask me a question, and I would answer it. But he would talk over me, like, while I was answering it. And just imagine, like, hearing a couple or whatever at Olive Garden. Like, so you going to let me finish? Are you going to let me talk? You going to let me finish? You going to let me talk? That's how it was. And, um... Then we get outside the restaurant, and he actually wants to, like, apologize. And I was like, yeah, you good. I mean, I ain't paid for the meal, so, yeah, you good. You know, but then he explains, like, all the things that his mom is going through and stuff like that. So you're projecting your uh, whatever you got going on over here. That's not cool. I need y'all to stop projecting. It's quite obvious. It's dumb, and it's really annoying. And that goes to the person that's been blowing up my phone, too. You've been calling me for a week. I haven't answered. And so I need you to stop. Um, but anyway, so now on to, to other things. So in Lovecraft Country, episode five, we have, um, we're introduced, we're finally introduced to Gia, um, which is the beautiful Jamie Chung. And, you know, I think she's gorgeous. There have been some people saying that they don't like Lovecraft for whatever for whatever reason. And I I mean, I think it's a great show. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Um, and somebody said that they feel like the the success of Lovecraft was pretty much like the 
the lustful attention of Jonathan Major. I love Jonathan Major. I think uh, Jonathan Major, I think he's fine. But I also think, like, the whole damn cast is freaking beautiful, to be honest. And um, even Christina, even though I'm I'm not a fan of fewless women, but I, I think Christina is beautiful in this, in this particular show. I actually love, like, her little bitty gap. It's cute because I have one like that. And um, I think she's pretty. She's small for my liking, you know, but um, but I think she's really pretty. But, like, the whole cast is, is a good-looking cast. And uh, so I just want to say shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. But <clears throat> in this episode, Gia is dating. And it's fine because it's during the war. We know, you know, ooh, American soldiers. Because it's during the time of the Korean War. So... Gia is like, Jiha is like, hey, like, I need to make my mother proud by bringing home a soldier, by bringing a man home. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, different cultures have different measures of, you know, when it's time for their children to get married and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's time for her to get married and have children, that kind of thing. And why not get those benefits, girl? You know what I'm saying? So Gia goes on these dates, and it's like speed dating. And every guy that she ran across, like, they would mark her number off. And I was looking at this episode like, oh, my God, I'm fucking Gia, y'all. Because <laughs> I find that to be something that I have in common with with Gia. Um, somebody commented on my Facebook and was like, oh, you need to practice dating more. What? Like, I'm pretty much like a dating aficionado. Like, I can get this. I got this. But it's just so much extra. Anyway, another situation. Okay, so, you know, and I found it to be weird that none of these guys seem to like Jiha because she was fair-skinned. Um, she was pretty. But, you know, like, she did like Julie Garland. Um, at the time and one guy actually came at her all sideways and was like how can you like Judy Garland that is American you are not you are Korean you need to be more invested in what's going on um, within your culture and you not what these damn Americans have going on and I was like oh my gosh um, seeing those kinds of things like play out with other people um, same situations, but other people is such an eye opening experience. And that's one thing I can say that I love about Lovecraft is that they put you in the shoes of other people of other cultures and kind of, and you kind of empathize with them from that perspective. And I love it. And the thing that I found inter also found interesting about this episode was I know I was upset, but how Tick treated Jiha versus how he treated Letty. So we know that he didn't want to dine Letty the way that he did uh, Jiha, um, you know, by making special arrangements for Jiha at the time, uh, you know, watch a Julie Garland movie, all kind of shit like that, which was really sweet. But it was like, but you ain't treat my girl Letty like that. What's up? And I, and it started making me think how in our, in society, how black men typically, other other races of women, they treat them differently. They treat them more delicately than versus the way that they treat black women. And 
also how Letty in the beginning was cat was promiscuous and um she was supposed to be like she was in the light of a hoe but then we find out that she's actually a virgin right so letty was promiscuous and a virgin and then we have jihai who looks hella innocent but she's like the promiscuous one so later on in the episode we find out that jihai is pretty much possessed and you're like possessed with what and i'm like i know right so jihai is possessed with um i forgot how i don't know how to say it y'all don't judge me i just don't be knowing i just be feeling like i don't know how to read but whatever i just try to sound out my words so fuck off but it's like a kamiho okay so like a kamiho is like the nine-tailed fox that we've seen in like pokemon um and a lot of other anime series right and so this creature is inside jihad so the mom made the deal pretty much like with the devil because the mom was a mother who had jihad out of wedlock and um her jihad stepfather was a rapist and he was actually raping jihad and it brought you know in certain cultures if you're not married you know children out of wedlock whatever that's what happens you bring shame to your family so she had to, so the mom stayed with the stepfather just so she can look good but in turn in that situation it just hurt jihad so this kamiho um and the the shaman that they went to um jihad has to sleep with a hundred men Yes, the thing with the tentacles. If that. Yeah. So that's what comes out of her nose. Anyway. Okay. So with that. So she, they go to see the shaman. And the shaman says that she has not completed her mission. She stopped at 99. She had to claim one more soul. Tick was supposed to be the last soul. And then she would have become Jiha again. So in this episode it was interesting to see the character uh jamie chunk kind of like flip-flop between like the mom getting little little snips of jiha and then getting the like her voice changed in one scene and she was like don't you dare like she's not here type of thing um you know but it was kind of like mom like to the mother like what the hell did you think you know jiha's not going to be here all the time um, and I was just curious about how much of the monster is Jihad and how much of the monster is the monster and can Jihad com- like control anything. So why she's have so whenever Jihad has sex with um, with men, uh, you know it gets good. They you know mm, I guess at the moment that the man gets ready to climax, maybe that's when all those little tentacles and all kind of stuff comes out, and then they attach to the human the human male species and then we have this so in this process i hate it it was really fucking creepy but whenever she attaches to you she takes your soul right and then she also crushes you and you just breaking the whole bunch of pieces it's really kind of it was gory but it wasn't quentin tarantino gory so i can fuck with it right so as she attaches the little tentacle things to Tick's eyes, 
in any victim's eyes, she can literally see their past, present, and future. So once she sees that, she can, she feels, so she's kind of like an empath at the same time. So she can feel everything that they feel and see everything that they have seen or have not seen. And she has to walk around with this, like imagine doing that in body one and now you got to get to 100. It's a lot of shit. So she also, she kills her stepfather. And so she's carrying that with her too. And, you know, she was just kind of like, how can you love a man that caused harm to me? And this is a real ass situation that happens in real life all the time. You see these horrible choices that people make in cases they're forced to make. Um, But you see this quite often. And in this episode, this episode was really heavy. Um, It was great, though. But it gave you different aspects of how you... Like for Jiha, Jiha in her relationship with herself, Jiha and her mother, Jiha and Tick, Jiha with her um, best friend or whatever. It, and it makes you think about what are your relationships like with certain people in your life, right? So um, Jiha also had a best friend. And I got vibes from the best friend I thought I was feeling I thought I was looking at it a different way but I do know that you know you can have a really best friend and you hold hands you love on each other you know but I don't know it was just sometimes like the way that her best friend would caress her hand it was like what y'all got going on like do you have a lady crush you know, um, but Jihai's homegirl was like very successful in getting men. So she was trying to figure out other ways to get men um, by studying her friend. So she kind of like styled herself after her friend and kind of did like wore her socks the way her friend did and stuff like that. Um just to try to find some footing or some grounding um, to be successful in getting her mother a damn man a soul to bring home and one of the quotes that was mentioned in the story was to give yourself a reason not to love me that was what she told her mother like you give yourself a reason not to love me which in the same sense like but you brought this upon me and now you don't want to love me because I am such a monster and this episode kind of forces you like what what do you carry carry around like does that necessarily make you a monster or does that make you human and it's just like we're seeing and we're literally watching Gia battle with this like completely um also in the scene this is the time in a Korean war so you now you have communists who are among all the citizens and communist information was being leaked and so the soldiers took the women that were the nurses jihai and her homegirl were nurses they took them and you know like they were shooting them like at point blank range things like that and it was hard to watch because we've seen tick before you know we know that tick we know that he isn't necessarily like the best at explaining things or the best at uh, being nice because he was really mean to Letty, you know. 
But then we see him like as a stone cold killer. And it's like, but this is what they were programmed to do because he was in the army. I think he hates every bit of that because that's not who he is. Tick was just a nerd who just loved to read books and he just liked to escape that way. But he actually volunteered for the war which, you know, a lot of people, a lot of black folk, a lot of other people of color like to volunteer because of the way they push and they push this war type of thing. Like, be a hero, do this and do that for your country. And I personally hate how heavily they promote it within black and brown communities. You know what I'm saying? And, like, these kids have more options than just to go to the war. Like... But, of course, we know in in those communities, we don't necessarily get the resources and other help that we need to be able to make those other choices. So a lot of people do decide and settle on that. And then you come back to a country that doesn't love you. Thank you, but ugh, wrong skin color for protection, you know, type of thing. And so we saw a glimpse of that whenever uh, Tick went back home to Chicago for the block party and he seen the recruiter outside with a whole bunch of young men, you know, and he just kind of looked at him and the recruiter kind of looked at him like, yeah, because he probably was the one who recruited Tick too. Shit. And it was, it was a really good episode. Like I said, it definitely was heavy. Um, I also learned about succubus um which is another <laughs> what, what the fuck is that? so a succubus is a which i think the the nine-tailed fox is kind of what they were kind of relating the succubus to so a succubus is supposed to be a woman that's like a demon that um she's pretty like devil in a blue dress i guess you could say She's pretty. She's tempting. Who said blue dress? Rick Ross? You did. No, uh, no, Rick Ross. No. Rick Ross didn't say devil in a red dress. He did. I think he did. Who said blue dress? I mean, it could have just been, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Devil in the red dress. Whatever. Maybe she likes blue. Blue is the hottest part of the flame. Fuck off. I think that was great. I think I just killed it. You see that? That was a fucking bar. Like, it is what it is. Leave me alone. And so... <laughs> anyway, it's a woman that is beautiful. She attracts men. She, um... And through sexual activity, she, uh... She can cause death or make you really really sick because it's like she sucks the soul out of you in life uh or whatever and then if you remember the band incubus incubus is the male version of that thing so um uh, i thought that was an interesting tie-in and also in this episode they mentioned um oh the count of monte cristo the count in monte cristo what is it i want to read the book actually um, so by Andre Dumas, and uh, this is reference. This has popped up a couple of different times within the series, and uh, I didn't know that Andre Dumas was a black man, but he looks like he could be um, 
like mulatto because he does have a little bit of French in him. Um, but I just thought it was funny because Wikipedia is hilarious if you actually do read it. So he wrote the like the Three Musketeers and the Count of Monte Cristo. So those are his two most popular works that he has done. And whoever wrote this, it was quite hilarious because he was a married man and he married a woman of higher class. So he was a gold digger and he had affairs, possibly 40, um, with numerous women. And he had a lot of illegitimate children. And the English playwright Watts Phillips described him as a generous large-hearted being in the world that sounds about right um he also was the most delightly amusing and egotistical creature on the face of the earth his tongue was like a windmill once set in motion you never knew where he would stop especially if the theme was himself He spoke very highly of you. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't, right? Like, what's really good? Uh, but I thought that was hilarious. But you know, I was curious to see how the Count of Monte Cristo. I actually want to watch the movie, which Tick reads the book and he's read the book multiple times and, um. G had thought she was smart and was trying to tell Tick about the book. And Tick was like, that's the movie. That's not how it ends in the book. And she was like, ooh. And he was like, yep, got you. So you're going to read this book to me or no? So they, you know, it was kind of cute how they bonded and stuff like that. But I am curious to see more about Tick's future. Um, Because, oh, she took Tick's virginity. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I thought that it was interesting. I was no, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't take nobody's virginity. That sounds like a lot. That's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, taking somebody's virginity is a lot. Uh, I don't know if I could do it. That's a lot because that sounds like. Somebody's virginity is way too much because it is just Damn! for real though. Like it's it is. That's how I feel too. It's too much because it's like oh shit. Like level five clinger alert. You know, like you don't want that. And um, I'm not here for it either. <laughs> the jury's still out on that. But I do think that it was interesting through the series where Letty and Tick were both virgins. And I kind of looked at it as they both get deflowered in different ways. Um, and I do understand that their journey is different because they're literally fighting life or death and monsters together. And they've seen the worst. Um throughout the episode so i can understand like their bond but it still was like way more romantic um with some of the stuff that he did for jihad but whatever 
Um, we also we saw Letty in his future. We also see Tick die, which in a previous episode he decoded what some of the initials in the ring and stuff meant and some of those meant it said D-I-E so then he called Jiha. Now the thing is is that he told Letty this last episode please don't be scared of me and yes I do like this this is special but he still remember that long ass number the call Jiha like it's like 25 fucking digits and he still remembers that so you know and she was like I told you and at the end after they have their encounter she was not able to kill Tick because Jiha technically had human feelings and emotions for Tick so she couldn't kill him so she attached all her little shit to him and then it went away but he was so freaked out she was trying to tell him like hey I just saw your future you can't go home do not go back to Chicago do not go home because you're gonna die he was like fuck this shit I'm out I mean after tentacles come and attach to you I mean I would dip too but he wasn't listening and so whenever he calls he once he put the pieces of the puzzle together he calls and he's like you knew and she was like I told you not to go so it's going to be interesting because Tick also had a dream of him burning up um, within the house that he originally escaped um, in the beginning uh, the Braithwaite house the son of Adam's house so we're going to see what happens. I still love the show. This is going to be episode, is it six? And then we only have four more. I haven't heard if HBO is going to pick it back up for a season two. I have a feeling that there's going to be, it's only going to be like a season one because kind of like how they did Watchmen. Um, but we're going to see, but we haven't heard anything. I'm just like, Misha, Misha Green, like, what do you have for us? What more do you have for us? Because Insecure ain't coming back for a while. We still ain't got Atlanta. And that's been, who, what, two years? Three? I forgot. Donald Glover, what are you doing these days? Hopefully. Oh, that's not nice. That boy be on other shit. You think so? Childish Gambino is great. He's like the he's at the great value version of Danny Fox. <gasps> in my opinion. Great value? Yeah, because he tries to do everything. Like he tries to sing. But he can rap. sing. Yeah, but like not on Jamie's version. Uh-huh. I feel like he took the same route. Like he did comedy. Jamie did comedy. He got into acting. Like he's doing music. Like like, okay, I, I see what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but Jamie has that it factor I agree. to him that I didn't see in, Ch- in Gambino. That I was like, he's funny. He's like, he fills that void of that quirkiness, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is really needed. And it's cool, but I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't say great value. I mean, he's. I mean, you get great value. I'm not dissing him. Shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you want you order Jamie Foxx, but you gotta give me nothing, you know? You know? Like, I'm not mad at it. You know? Your expectation versus what you get? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he can sing, though. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking nothing away from him. Because when he did, because especially if y'all ever watched the, um, when he redid Tamiya's, uh, I really like, 
Like, oh my God. I haven't seen that, so I gotta check that out. Oh, like when he redid, when he sung that. Really? Okay. We, we can watch it when, when we done. Yeah. And, cause he sung his ass off in that. And, um, but yeah, guys, like, it's just episode six. Like I said, like this, I think I did pretty good trying to, like, condense it because it, it was a lot. Um, and like I said, it was a, it, it was good to see, like, how you move through this world and you bond with different people um, and how you never know other people's journeys or other people's struggles or what they're actually going through. So you should just treat people with love and respect until proven otherwise. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so anyway, I want you guys to go forth and be great. I want you guys to take care of yourselves. This has been a lot this week. Uh, for black women is always a lot <laughs> and but I, to all my black women out there like I do love you guys you know if you seek seek help EAP or actually go to some therapy because it is a lot and the world expects a lot from us sis you ain't got to rise up to that do it in your time. Like, don't make other people do anything that you don't want to do. Because it's a lot. Um, Yeah, but go forth and be great, y'all. And I love you guys. And be the best human you could be. And follow me on uh, Instagram at T-R-I-L-L-K-N-S-E-Y. Um, and, yeah, I'm out. Bye. <laughs>